Tonight my title is Miserable No More. All right. Miserable No More. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Psalm chapter 1, please? Miserable No More. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Now, I'm going to be reading now the Amplified. Whatever version you have, you can read along with it. The Amplified, as you know, kind of adds extra words to amplify the meaning, to bring out the richer meaning there. Psalm 1.1 Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes, nor stands, submissive and inactive, in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. Let's look back at that first phrase, blessed is the man. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who, etc., etc. So let me ask you, that, is that your experience? If I were to say, are you blessed right now? Are you happy? Are you fortunate? Do people envy you in your position? Are you prosperous? How are things going? Are you blessed? Are you happy? Or are you waiting for something else outside of yourself to make you happy? Somebody else, you know, Ed McMahon, to show up with a check from Publishers Clearinghouse. You know, the lottery to call you name, right? You know, you know, wait, waiting for your, you know, your your relative to apologize on their hands and knees. You know, what is it? Sometimes we're waiting for something to happen or for some other person to do something before we are happy. We're waiting for them to change. The tendency is, the human tendency is to blame other people, other things, for our current condition. If we're not feeling happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable, the tendency is let's just blame somebody. Let's blame that lousy job. Let's blame my wife. Let's blame my pastor. Let's blame the economy. Let's blame some. It's the stock market. It's the Democrats. It's the Republicans. Let's blame somebody. All right? Tell me we're not guilty of this. <laughs> All right? The tendency is to blame. The problem is that when you blame, you're pointing the finger out there. And you know what? There's not a whole lot you can do about those things out there. You know, you can pray, you can try to influence, but there are some things Jesus himself has got to fix. There are some things that you and I cannot fix by ourselves. So, in the meantime, why don't we just decide to be happy right now? Instead of waiting for circumstances to change. You know, I began to, to realize years ago, my husband used to be in the Air Force, and he would go on these trips, you know, uh, TDY trips, where the Air Force would take him away for a couple of months at a time. Well, that left me at home as a single mom with two small children. And sometimes where he went was not necessarily, it wasn't a vacation, it wasn't maybe a, a real uh, you know, calm and stable part of the world where he went. And I saw a lot of military wives who would spend that couple of months miserable, griping about the Air Force, worried about if their husbands were going to be okay, wondered if they were going to be okay, and making themselves and everybody around them crazy for two months. 
I decided that two months was going to pass whether I was miserable or whether I was happy. And so I had a choice. I could sit through that two months and just be miserable and complain and gripe and feel sorry for myself. Or if I could say, you know what, this is how it is. Let's make the best of it, adjust, adapt, and move on. And I'm not kidding. I saw women that spent two months in misery. I determined I was not going to live my life that way. I was not going to wait for outward circumstances to, before I began to live again, before I began to enjoy my life. All right? And this is something that you know, we get caught up in sometimes. You know, we, things aren't how you want them to be. How many of you would say everything in your life is 100% just how you want it? Nobody, right? <laughs> Nobody. There's room for improvement. And maybe you've got several areas that's room for improvement. But we've got to get ourselves unstuck from the place of just being miserable and into entering into the promises of God. Because the Word of God just said here, blessed, right? Blessed, happy, fortunate, enviable, and prosperous is the person who does these things. You say, well, I do that stuff. Well, let's measure your level of happiness. I mean, here's the, here's, the, here's the gauge right here. So, what is the enemy's tactic? I mean, God's intention is clear in Psalm 1. God's intention is that we are happy, that we are prosperous, that we are doing well, that our lives are working, that we're in harmony and agreement with His Word, right? This is what God, that's what He intends for us to live. A righteous, holy, blessed life that other people wish they knew how to have. So we can be a light that shines in a dark place. That's his intention and his promise for you and for me. But the problem is, is we have an enemy. And we have an enemy who also has a plan. And that is not for your happiness, not for your prosperity, but it's for your misery. And he's got a plan for everybody to be miserable. And it's time for us to understand what his tactics are so that we can quit agreeing with him and get out of that pattern and get into a place of being miserable no more. So what happens is something is, comes about because of the enemy's direct attack or because of sin in the world that causes you and me some pain. It all starts with pain somewhere, right? I didn't get what I wanted. Somebody did me wrong. It started with pain. Well, the next thing that happens is the human tendency, the sinful nature, is to move in unforgiveness and bitterness. So the enemy comes to reinforce unforgiveness and bitterness. Not only that, but self-pity. You poor baby. They shouldn't have done you like that. Nothing ever works out right for you, you poor thing. Tell me you hadn't heard those voices from time to time. I mean, here it comes. And the enemy says, why does this always happen to you? You go, yeah, why does it always happen to me? I mean, you bought right into that stuff. You see, the problem is the pain comes, the unforgiveness comes, the self-pity comes, but it creates a prison. When those things come, it's not the pain that creates your prison. It's the unforgiveness and the self-pity that create the prison. And then you're stuck in the pain. You can't get past it. You can't get free of it because you're stuck. So instead of looking at other people, my pastor, my boss, my wife, etc., why am I in the condition I'm in? Why am I not happy? We need to go back and take personal responsibility here. See, every man's ways are right in his own eyes. The Bible teaches that, right? How many of you know that you always think you're right? I always think I'm right. 
least 95%. I mean, well, yeah, at least 95% of the time. I have been known to make mistakes, but they are rare, right? Okay. <laughs> or as somebody said, I thought I was wrong one time, I, but I was wrong. You know, you know, I wasn't really wrong. So, I mean, the thing is that we like to think that we're always right. This is why we argue with people. Because we feel that we were right. Because to our, from our point of view, why yes, you know. Well, guess what? That other person has also got a point of view. And to their way of thinking, they're right. I mean, are we seeing this everywhere, correct? So, if we, if we just continually blame the other people, you know, blame this one, blame that one, then I don't ever have to look in here. I don't have to look inside and see where maybe I might need to do a little adjustment here. As long as you're my problem, I don't have to look at anything. As long as you're my problem, I don't have to think about it. I get to go on my own merry little deceived way. You know? Because I don't have to change. And the thing is that most people don't want to change. They don't want to change. They want to be stuck. They want to be justified. They want to be vindicated. They want to be held right. But the problem is that we're waiting for somebody else to come make it feel make us to where we feel better. And most time folks that doesn't happen. I'm here to tell you most time they don't apologize. Most time they don't come say they're sorry. Most time they don't, do they? Most time they don't know they did you wrong. <laughs> they don't know. So you just go on mad at them, mad at the world, and they don't they're oblivious. They're living happy lives, you know, just fine. Getting blessed left and right. <laughs> and what does that do? Yeah. Come on, what does that do? Yeah. It makes you mad, doesn't it? It makes you mad. And it causes that self-pity, you see. <laughs> Nothing ever works out right for you. Folks, it's a prison. It's a prison. We don't need to just stay right in our own eyes for pride, to avoid responsibility to change. If we're going to stay as a victim... And if we hold on to self-pity, if we hold on to bitterness, it's a trap. You know, I, I, I've talked to people in such pain from the horrible things that happened in their past. Horrible things happen. And it's been 10 years, it's been 20 years, it's been 30 years, and they still weep at the mention of it. How many know that is captivity? You are in prison when something that happened to you 10 years ago still makes you weep. I got news for you. Something happened to you last week. If it still makes you weep, you're in captivity. We got to be able to get healed and go on and get out of the prison. The thing is that we don't like pain. We don't want to look at pain. We don't want to deal with pain. But the truth is, the way to get past your pain is to lean into it, to express it, to get it out. Because, see, we want to squelch it and stuff it. Yeah. Don't we? Lots of us in America, we just deny it. It's not really there. That didn't really hurt. You're lying through your teeth. If I hit your toe with a hammer, it's going to hurt. I don't care how much you don't want it to, it's going to hurt. It's, right? And so what we, what we need to do is say, yes, I hurt. I admit, I fully express, I hurt. David said, I poured out my complaint to the Lord. When David poured out his complaint in Psalm 51, he poured out with strong crying, with tears. That means he's not holding back any residue of emotion. See, sometimes we try to get past pain too quick by blowing it off. 
it wasn't too bad. It really wasn't. And what we need to do is get to the very root of it and dig that thing out. No, I hurt because I was rejected. I worked so hard and I didn't get the promotion. My husband lied to me. I, my pastor mistreated me. Yes, I hurt. And I'm mad as hell about it. Christians, do Christians ever get mad as hell? They sure do. They sure do. I see your little smile. I'm here to tell you. How I many you know Jesus got mad sometimes? He got mad. And he was not afraid to express his anger. Because you know what happens when you don't express your emotion? It gets stuffed down inside of you. And I'm not saying that you need to go and do something to hurt somebody when you're angry. I mean, come on now. We've got to use some sense here. <laughs> Nothing that gets you more trouble, all right? We're trying to get you out of trouble. But there is a healthy way to express pain, to express anger, to express all that stuff. There's a healthy way to get that out. There's a safe, you've got a safe place to go in the arms of God. You know what? God can handle your ugliest emotions. He can handle your biggest pain. So don't shrink back from telling him exactly how you feel. And get it out. Because it's, unforgiveness is like poison that builds up inside. That stuff will fester. Have you ever had a wound that festered? What happened? The wound did not get better because the poison was trapped inside. And so what's necessary is to get the poison out to God. God, I pour out my complaint. This hurt. This felt really bad. I think I was done wrong. And to get that out to him, instead of stuffing it down and saying it didn't really happen. Okay? Getting rid of it is not the same thing as self-pity. See, self-pity wants you to drag this out for the long haul. You poor baby. Isn't it terrible? Self-pity is not getting rid of complaint. It's enjoying complaining. Isn't it? Come on. You throw a self-pity party. Nobody wants to come. Right? How I many you know you don't want to be around people like that, do you? It's no fun. But but people do that. I'm gonna get my little pity party, and that's a pity party is when a person enjoys feeling bad for themselves, not interested in getting past it, just enjoying the feeling of how bad wrong I was done, and imagines you'll you'll you you'll be sorry when I'm gone. You'll be sorry when I'm not here. What is days? You'll be sorry. <laughs> Come on. I, I remember as a kid doing that. I'm not going to admit I did it later than that. But, I, <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm saying? I remember as a kid getting disciplined by my parents and thinking, well, if I just died or something, you know, you'd be sorry then. <laughs> Everybody's done it. Come on. We've all done it. We've all done it. We've had little pity parties. But the thing is, is pity parties are not getting you healed, they're not getting you free. If you have sympathy for self-pity, you reinforce it and make it stronger. And then the problem is that when you're in self-pity, you get mad when somebody points it out to you. And, and I'm here to tell you, I mean, I've had a couple times I'd be trying to minister to somebody, help them get their poison out and face their issues. And then they decide, you're mean. You don't walk in love. <laughs> I'm thinking, what's your definition of love? <laughs> you know, my definition of love is love does what's best for you. And best for you means we get the splinter out and the poison. You know, not that I just put a band-aid on top of it and say, you poor baby. But let's get that thing out. Okay.
<laughs> All right. You know, we this this is where we live, folks. I, you know, we gotta get we gotta get past this. If you're breathing, you've been hurt. You know, and if you haven't been hurt, right? You know, recently, just wait. I mean, it's coming, isn't it? I mean, and there are many things in this world that offend, right? And you are not going to ever get to the point to where nothing hurts you. If you do, you've got a heart of stone, and that's not good. But, you know, even Jesus wept. Even Jesus wept over pain, okay? The thing that's different about Jesus is you know that they did him wrong. He was falsely accused. He was beaten. He was crucified. And he did not take on a spirit of rejection, a spirit of self-pity. And he did not get into a place of bondage and keeping himself that pain. What did he do? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. You see, there are all of us who feel like that we've had things done wrong to us that weren't our fault, we didn't ask for, but hey, it was done wrong. Same with Jesus. But unlike Jesus, we took on rejection, we took on unforgiveness, we took on self-pity. And so Jesus got free of his, and we didn't get free of ours. See, provision comes, but we've got to respond to these things as Psalm 1 says. There's a right way to handle the way that we respond to these pains and these difficulties. Let's not hold on. You know, a lot of times people want to hold on. They want to justify themselves. You know, well, I, I can't just let it go. Well, why can't you just let it go? It's like holding on to a cactus. <laughs> you know, why can't you just let it go? Sometimes we there. Sometimes we feel like if I let it go, then maybe I'm saying it didn't happen. Maybe I'm saying my feelings didn't count. Maybe I'm saying injustice was not done. But that's not what letting it go means. Let it go means that I'm not going to keep a memorial to what was once done wrong to me. I'm not going to build a monument here and worship at that altar. It means I'm going to get past it and go on. You know, it's getting past it. Holding on to self-pity, holding on to offense, how's it working for you? Right? How's it working for you? You know, I, I, I talked to somebody in such pain, talking about the painful things that happened, tears running down the face, and unwilling to let go. I'm like, you're, as long as you hold that thing, it's going to keep tormenting you. It's going to keep hurting you. You see, folks, we, we don't want to look at the pain. We don't want to deal with it. But we have got to get to a place where we are no longer in agreement with misery. All right? Let's get done with it. All right? If we choose to remain in self-pity and the offense, we're going to choose to remain in pain and in bitterness. The good news is a, the victim can become an overcomer. I don't care what has been done to you. I don't care what you have been through. Jesus has won a victory for you. You can overcome that thing. Otherwise, the cross of Jesus Christ has no effect. There is victory that is available for you. We are going to have to be done with self-pity. And be done with feeling sorry for ourselves. And say, God, I'm not going to blame other people. I'm going to start taking responsibility for my own happiness. Maybe what happened to you was not your fault. Somebody else did something on purpose or inadvertently wrong to you and hurt you. I've often said, you cannot, you know, sometimes you can't help the cards that life deals you. You get it. I mean, you didn't ask for it. It's what you got. The problem is, we don't want to play that hand. 
We wish you had another hand. How many of y'all done this in card games? If I only had an ace. Or I'm playing Scrabble. If I only had a U. Because I've had that Q for six times. If I only had, right? It's not, it's where you live, folks. But what's the truth of it? You've got to play the hand you're dealt. And sometimes it's a tough hand to deal with. Sometimes you've got consequences that you've got to deal with because of somebody else's behavior, right? But you're going to play the, the, the hand that you're dealt, not the hand you wish that you had. Psalm 51.6 says, Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. God desires truth on the inside. That means we need to be honest with ourselves and tell ourselves the truth about what's going on instead of blaming somebody else, okay? I heard uh, Jamie Buckingham say, The truth will set you free, but first it will make you miserable. Because <laughs> the truth is usually not something you want to really face up to. I found another quote. The truth that makes men free is, for the most part, the truth, the truth which men prefer not to hear. Yeah. We like to hear the truth when it always tells us how wonderful we are, how blessed we are. You're so perfect I wouldn't change a thing. Right? That'd be wonderful. But you know, yes. But you know, isn't it true that it's the Holy Spirit comes and in truth... He'll gently tell you something that you need to know about yourself. He'll point out something to you and say, you know what? This is your issue. He has done this to me over and over. I'm sure he has to you too. I'm having my pity party. I'm pitching a fit. Whatever. God, I need. God, I need. And that's been more than one time he said, that is not what you need. <laughs> I'm like, sure it is. It's what I need. He's like, no. This is what you need. And of course, he's absolutely right, but I don't want to look at that part. Because I like... My opinion, because my ways are right in my eyes, and I want to justify myself, just like you do. All right. Hallelujah. You know, the thing is, folks, I don't want to downplay the need for comfort. There is a time and a place for comfort. When you have been wounded and in pain, you need comfort. I mean, God has given us people in the body of Christ who are wonderful at giving comfort to us, whether practical or words or a hug or something. There are times that we need comfort. But, you know, if you always need comfort, you're stuck. Yeah. You know, we got to get past it, okay? There's a time for comfort. There's also the time for the surgeon's knife. You know, it's like a little kid. They get a splinter, and it hurts their finger. But mommy, don't touch it. You know, mommy's got to touch it, right? We've got to get the splinter out so that the healing can happen. There are some things that because of our pain, we don't want to let go because we think it's going to hurt us to get rid of it. And the Lord is saying, you've got to let the surgeon's knife come in and cut off what is causing you pain. And it takes courage. But we don't want to go there. That doesn't sound like fun. Yeah, but does stay in this thing one more day sound like fun? Does six more months of this sound like fun? I mean, there's been times I've said, God, I'm, I'm done with crying over this. I'm done with being in pain about this. I want this to be a memory that doesn't hurt me any longer. I'm here to tell you, when you are healed, you will remember it, but it will not hurt you any longer. 
It will lose its power. It will lose its power. And you will be a testimony to the glory of God for His healing. As long as you are still the victim, still in self-pity, still weeping, you're not giving a glory to God at all. It's not glory to God. The glory to God is, really? You don't look like you've been through anything. Isn't that right? When people are surprised to hear your story, that's the glory of God. Because you're whole. Because you're free. Because Jesus has touched a place deep inside of you and brought you healing. Amen? And how many times what the Lord does is in that place where you were wounded, He makes you a nurse, He makes you a comforter in that same place. Because you know what? You have been in that pain, and what happens when you've been in pain? You can identify that same pain as someone else, can't you? Can't you? You identify it. And that's what the Bible says, to comfort one another with the same comfort that we ourselves have received. So when you have been through a thing, lived to tell about it, glory to God, got free of it, the self-pity, the rejection, it's all gone, you've got victory, you can turn right around and you can be a source of strength, comfort, and encouragement to somebody else. And you can be courage to them when they don't want to face their pain. You can be right there alongside them. You know, just kind of like a labor coach. Right there beside you. You can get through this. I will be here with you. Amen. Amen. You know, the surgeon's knife. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God, wielded by the Spirit of God, will come in and will speak truth to your situation. Tell you exactly what's going on. Our heart's position is to take one of God. Allow, I want to allow truth to be spoken to me. I want you to tell me what I need to hear. I want you to come cut me free from the pain. Do the surgery on my heart. Do what's got to be necessary to get me past this and on with my life. You know, Psalm 119.59, the psalmist said, I consider my ways and turn my feet toward your testimonies. Rather than justify ourselves, well, there's a reason I'm this way. There's a reason I'm like that. You know, it's because of what happened to me. Folks, we got to get past that. No, folks, it's, it's not what happened to you. That's, what about redemption, y'all? What about redemption? What the enemy meant for destruction, God can turn for your good. As we cooperate Him like Saul once says. Do things His way. Let Him get us past it. So let's not justify ourselves. Well, I'm like this because I had a bad experience. I didn't have a father. I had a bad father. I had a bad pastor. I had a lousy marriage. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. You know, instead of that, let's just say, God, show me the truth that I need to get. I don't want to justify myself. I need to make whatever change, and I need to get aligned with you. I need to get in agreement with you and your word. The Bible says, as man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? What's going on inside? It's producing for you in your outward life on so many levels, it's not even funny. And it is producing in your emotions, too. What you're thinking about inside is manifesting your thought processes. It's what you're allowing to go on right in here is affecting your level of happiness. I want to be happy, don't you? Hallelujah. I want to be happy. I think about it like this. Whatever you're thinking about is either moving you towards freedom or to stay in prison. Imagine, if you will, somebody has a pet dog, and it's a nice day, but they don't have a fence in the yard. And so they put 
this, you know, 20-yard tie leash on this dog and put him out in the front yard. Well, he's all excited about being outside. How I many dogs love to be outside? Ooh, ooh, so much to see and so much to do. Well, here comes a car down the road. And so what's the little guy want to do? He wants to hop up and run, 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 run and go chase the car until he gets to the end of the driveway when the leash pulls him back short and stops him. As bad as he wants to go out there, he is constrained by what is tying him back. The same thing happens. I mean, he can want to go, but as long as he is tied to the stake by the house, he's not going to get any pass any further than one, this one point. He's not going to get past the driveway. There are so many times, folks, there are things in our lives we have gone after. We have wanted to see change. I want to get free. I want to be blessed, prosperous, enviable, all those things. I want to be those things in my life. And I'm going great guns. This time we're going to do it. God, this time I can, I can, I can. And then, jerk, I get pulled back because there's something that is tying me to the past. There's something that's holding me back. I'm here to tell you, I've seen so many times somebody who, I'll get my courage again. I'm going to get past it. But because they never severed the tie, they could not get free. They wound up in a pattern of always getting pulled back, always going pulled back. And then what happens? What happens when you have a pattern of failure in your life? You expect it to happen again. You quit trying. It's too painful. Yeah, I've tried that before. I always got jerked back. Always got slapped down. Always got rejected. Always whatever. Why? Because there's something holding you back. Unforgiveness is a tie that holds us to another person or to another event, another situation. If you can't forgive those people in that last church, you'll never be happy in another church. You'll always be jerked back. That unforgiveness will always be a prison for you. I don't care how wrong you've been done. You have to make peace with it in your own heart. That person may not be safe for you. That may not be a good person. Not somebody you want to have lunch with ever again. You know, you know some people are not safe. But we have to have the resolve in our own heart that between me and God, my heart is right towards this person. Let me tell you a hard truth. It's the truth that sets you free, right? You have to make peace with every single person who has ever entered your life. Yes, that one. You have to make peace with every single person who has entered your life. Because if you don't, their sin is going to keep you in captivity. And you will not be blessed, happy, prosperous, enviable. There'll be something that's working against your happiness. It's working against you. See, the Lord is serious when He said we've got to forgive in order to be forgiven. Is that tough? Sometimes it's tough. And half, most of the time they don't ask for forgiveness. Forgiveness is something you do for yourself. You don't do it for them. You do it for you. For your peace of mind. Because you want to be clean between you and God. You don't, don't want there to be any obstacle between you and the Lord, any problem here. And you don't, you don't want there to be any barrier between, between you and being happy. If I forgive and let go of that pain of the past, I'm automatically happier. Because that pain is not bothering me anymore. It's misery when that pain is unresolved, isn't it? Yes. 
It's miserable. Days and weeks and months and years. That thing jabbing you. You forget about it for a little while, and then here comes a reminder. Hurts all over again. It's like the devil with a pointy stick. Right in that same old wound. Right when you thought you were getting healed. To get free, we've got to cut the tie. I want you to understand, you are responsible for your happiness. I'm not responsible for it. Your husband, your wife is not responsible for it. Your boss, your kids, your husband. Nobody is responsible for your happiness except you. God's intention is that you are happy. But you're responsible for it. Not other people, not other circumstances. So I have to ask you, what are you telling yourself about your circumstances? What do you tell yourself? If it hadn't been for this person, if it hadn't been for that thing, I'd be so much happier. Let's not tell ourselves these deceptions, right? If it hadn't been for that person, it'd be another person. There'd be somebody else. You and I, as long as we live on the earth, we're going to deal with hurtful, sinful people and situations. You cannot avoid getting hurt. But we can avoid getting stuck in hurt. We can't avoid that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said to be free, we gotta we gotta forgive those who have who have hurt us, and we also need to repent for our own bitterness. I mean, how many can face up that there's been some times that you you've been bitter? I've been bitter. Maybe right now you're bitter. Maybe there's some situation that's been going on unresolved for a long time, and maybe you're tired of it. Maybe you're like I was. God, I'm tired of this thing hurting me. I'm tired of not being free from this. I'm tired of every time I think about this person or see their face, it causes me inner angst. I want to be able to see a person and just feel nothing but peace and contentment and love. They don't have to be my best best friend, but I don't want there to be anything icky. I want to be able to be at peace. God bless you. Have a nice, wonderful life. You know, go on. You know, I'll go on. Hallelujah. You know, and not hold each other. Well, when he comes crawling his hands and knees, ain't going to happen, folks. So might as well get happy now. I mean, come on. And then if they do apologize later, you can be surprised. (laughs) You can enjoy it twice. I mean, you know, we got to keep short short accounts with people. So let me ask you this. Take a measurement of how blessed and how happy you feel right now in your life. Are there certain memories that are still causing you pain? Certain things that still hurt when you think about them. Can you remember painful events of the past and it's almost like it happened to somebody else because it doesn't hurt you? Yeah, that's how you know you're healed. When it's like, oh yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. But it doesn't hurt anymore. I'm healed. I'm past it. Hallelujah. I stubbed my toe before, but guess what? My toes are healed. They don't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that how it is with getting healed? It doesn't bother you anymore. Although you can remember it. So are you in conflict in your heart with any other person? There may be somebody in conflict with you. Maybe there's an unresolved personal issue. But in your own heart, as far as you're concerned, you're good. Because you, I mean, you can't fix them. You, that's between them and God. But in your own heart, are you in conflict with any other person? 
if you find yourself tonight that you are not as happy as you want to be, that you are still experiencing pain, and there may be still some conflict, are you willing to let the Spirit of Truth come do heart surgery on you tonight? We're going we're gonna to read a prayer together. If you pass these around, I wanted you to have this so that you would have it written down and so that you could take it with you for later. No, there's plenty. There's plenty. There's plenty. But I wanted you to have this for your own future study. So if everyone has one. All right. All right, let's just... All right. Let's just read this aloud together, please. Father, I want to experience more of the happiness that accompanies obedience to your word. I am willing to have you reveal where my thoughts and beliefs have been working against me. Help me fully pour out my complaint to you when I am hurt and angry so that all the poison is released and so tears can wash it away. Forgive me for bitterness towards people, towards you, and towards myself. I choose to be free, and with your grace and power, I choose to forgive. Help me resolve every place where there has been an issue in my heart. Father God, I take responsibility in my generations on both sides of my family for bitterness, rejection, and self-pity, and I renounce it. I repent and renounce bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, retaliation, anger and wrath, hatred, violence, murder, including murder with the tongue, rejection, self-pity. I command these spirits to leave me now. I ask for forgiveness and that the curse be canceled in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father God, I thank you for the work that you have done on the inside of us. Those beginning stages for some of us to really getting free from the prison that we've been held in. Lord God, as we choose to do things your way, with your grace that you supply, Lord, we're getting the victory over all these things. No longer are we going to be held in captivity. No longer victims. No longer bound by rejection and self-pity and all that mess. Lord God, we're coming out. We are coming out in your glory. And Lord, with a testimony on our lips that you have healed us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.